Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. <laughs> you look like my granddaughter. Champions again. Welcome to 20 Minute Tims. But before we get into the podcast, I want to let you know about our Patreon, patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims, is where you can support the podcast throughout the season, get extra videos, extra podcasts, extra writing, extra content from us as we discuss the champions. Stephen, Melly, that performance was the performance of champions. Oh, sure was. Absolutely scalped Aberdeen. A very good Aberdeen team uh, going by recent form and Celtic just brushed them aside as a, it's a performance we've seen a lot this season and it was nice to finish off the league season like that and a good, a good wee boost before the cup final next week. And uh, the plentiful chat we've had, uh, us and the wider fan base, plentiful chat about what games mean, mm-hmm. um, whether they're meaningless, whether they're completely me- meaningful. There was no doubt that well, in my mind, there was no doubt on the way to that game that Celtic were not going to let us down on this occasion, right? Because it, the last few games have been crap. Even Ange had a wee joke about it after the game, about how the, the, the games after the split haven't been so great, right? So there was no way Celtic were going to send us out without a bang. Mm-hmm. No way they were going to send the league season off with a whimper because it, we've had a few crackers in the past when it comes yeah. to trophy day. We've dealt with a few pastings and this, this was no different. There was no way Callum McGregor was going to let it happen. No way Ange was going to let it happen. It was a party. It was no always way Barry going to be a party. Was going to let it happen. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was a party. Uh, Aberdeen contributed to it, but yeah, it was a really thoroughly enjoyable game and day, to be honest. Yeah, I was. You were you were expecting it for Celtic, as you said, Stephen, just before we turned the mics on. When it matters that this team show up every time, I right. think every time this season Celtic have delivered when it matters. And again, look, this falls into the the dead rubber category as well mm-hmm. it, it wasn't you know worth the points that were at the end of it no one was really playing for anything Aberdeen's competitive edge had gone after they'd come they'd uh, clinched third but it, it does matter because this is trophy day and it's important you have to deliver something have to have to create the party atmosphere and it just it's yet another not so much big occasion I don't want to overstate it but it's it's part of the it's part of the ritual now you go along to trophy day Every single season, just about <laughs> yeah. when you're allowed to, to when away. when there's fans at the stadium, uh, we we go along every year expecting a party on Trophy Day, and Celtic deliver once again. And I'm left thinking that yes, we can have our gripes about individual performances, and particularly after the after the split, after the the league was confirmed. But for the most part, well, not even for the most part, for every single part, Celtic have delivered in every game that's mattered this season, pretty much. One of the most convincing performances of the season yeah. as well comes in the last day and it just shows when this Celtic team are in full flow, when they've got most of their main players, they can do this. I mean, Aberdeen have been in good form. Aberdeen aren't the worst team we've seen at Celtic Park, but Celtic completely dominated them, showed them what we're all about and just reminded everybody, this is why we won the league. Because most of the games were like this. Another game where a team has barely had a shot and goal, barely get an attempt in their own half, never mind getting into a box. So Celtic were completely dominant in this game and this season and hopefully come Saturday we could be completely dominant in all the trophies. How do you think the, the lineup affected that? 
The lineup was backed as probably as strong as it could be. I think uh, Kobayashi coming out helps. I think Bernabe coming out <laughs> You're helps. You're a cruel man. <laughs> but also uh, bringing back guys like Hart, Johnston and uh, Greg Taylor really settles everything down for Celtic and Kyogo as well. And the guy just scores when he plays. So bringing these guys back really helps us a I lot. I mean, there was a midweek game, Stephen, but we've just... Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. You know what? Doesn't <laughs> matter. Doesn't matter. Bedwetters. <laughs> that, that, was, that was Virgin Road comical though. It's, it's such a... <laughs> Fortunate fixture placement, yeah. isn't it? Because we recorded this on Monday nights, and you know, by the time this the, those midweek fixtures come around, we've got another one at the weekend. I mean, you can just sort of <laughs> brush was, those. That over. was like COVID football stuff. <laughs> it was so bad. Hon- honestly, it's, I'm so glad that the Aberdeen game happened and was as as enjoyable as it was because that Hibs game was laughable, <laughs> genuinely, absolutely risible performance. And you know, we talk about the lineups, right? And there are certain players in this squad who I feel sometimes go underappreciated. I think Mm. there's certain players that people have probably made their minds up about early on. And we're always doing this thing where we project into the future, where we say we need better for the Champions League and all that. So it it kind of, it makes everyone overlook what's happening right in front of you, the achievements that are being made. And maybe people don't appreciate it at the time. So when you talk about Isla, Joe Hart, he's not been very good this season. Maybe it's time to give Bain a run in the team, right? <laughs> Bernabe, I think, Bernabe and Kobayashi, I think probably people made their minds up that they were going to be upgrades on the guys that were already there. Mm. More unfashionable players in the squad, like Greg Taylor and Carl Starfield. Carl Starfield, maybe not. I think the tide just kind of turned on him a little bit. But these unfashionable players that we have, I think everyone made their mind up that the guys just behind them were going to, they're going to use up them eventually. They're the upgrades. But for me, all it does is the performances of those guys just enhance how important these guys are to the team. Because as they said, when, when Taylor and guys like that come back into the team, you see that what they bring. It, it really, yeah. it, it really sort of hammers at home for me how valuable these guys are to the team. Because I don't, I really don't mean this as I dig at the guys who we've got in the squad. We've had our discussions about this in the recent weeks when they've been playing, but they're nowhere near. They're miles behind these Do you guys. You know what? It's got, it was. Part of me starting to think that we should change what you know we don't stop or we never stop or we should just change that to we play when we want <laughs> because I'm now looking at that that wee space between like that wee sort of junk time fixtures that never meant anything and then we come back for trophy day and we really turn on the style yeah, right yeah. part of me is thinking maybe even the fringe players couldn't be arsed with that little <laughs> middle period even they couldn't get themselves up for it you know being slightly facetious here but part of me is like. Is it even fair to judge them? Well, I mean, they had di- they had different things to play for. They had an impact to make. They had you know playing for starts and all that. But there's no way they could all be that bad. Well, between clinching the league at Tynecastle and Trophy Day at Celtic Park, is that sort of the week between Christmas and New I, Year? Not everyone really knows about what they're doing. They're eating too many Quality Street, all that kind of thing. Is it just watching Indiana Jones and Bond films? <laughs> nobody's, really, nobody's really concentrating on what they're doing. It's a kind of holiday. I'm, 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 I, it was so bad, and we were so good again on Trophy Day, but I'm almost willing to give Bernabe and Kobe a pass for how shaking them. Not Bane, though. <laughs> oh. You, you 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 don't get one. Um, Greg Taylor and AJ were back in though, and I think Greg Taylor was tremendous in this one. Oh, Greg Taylor was absolutely brilliant, and again we see what we get from him. He's like Stephen saying, one of these guys. Oh, maybe we could upgrade on him. It'd be very difficult to upgrade on him. I think he he's shown why he's grown into this so much. He's absolutely pivotal in the way yeah. Celtic play now. He completely understands the role he's asked to play, doesn't he? Oh, definitely. I think he mentioned after the game he. He started his career in midfield, so that way that's why he finds it so easy uh, playing in there. But he's great on the ball. He's got a good eye for a pass as well. Something that's maybe understated in him a bit. And the the roles he plays in the first couple of goals, that all the goals from this game are very satisfying in their own means. So it's just good to see Celtic back firing again. And Greg Taylor was pivotal in that. We're seeing our Greg Taylor. He's a good example of what happens when. We talk about this the squad and and how players sometimes don't fit in because I think that it's more of a difference in how they fit in rather than them being good or bad players. I don't think we really get any just genuinely terrible players yeah. in the squad. I think the difference is players who get it and players who get it less than those. All of these players, you talk about runs of games and all that. We've had we've had those jokes right about how you know players don't get runs of games. It's because that these players are drilled all week to assist them. They they know their roles that they come in, they have to hit the ground running when you come into a Celtic team. You don't really get runs of games. You have to you have to contribute when you're thrown in. But it's this they're not they don't come in blind. They're drilled into these systems all week long in training. Greg Taylor 
absolutely gets it. Mm. He knows what his role is on there. Whereas others, you go in and think, well, have you been to a single training session <laughs> at all? So Greg Taylor is a prime example of what of the player who has taken to Ange's system and basically just run with it what a, what a turnaround I mean a, a, a midfielder come left back or yeah. left back come midfielder seems like the ideal fullback for yeah. the, the way Ange Postacoglu wants to play it was quite interesting he was asked a question at a recent press conference about his tactical approach and how it changes with the different players and it kind of put to bed once and for all for me this, this Ange ball myth that's been kicking about since he arrived this thing that you hear so often about well, he's not his type. We've heard about everybody. Joe Hart is not Ange's type of player because X. Greg Taylor isn't Ange's type of player because Y. This player doesn't fit into Ange ball for all these various reasons. And Ange basically says, look, that's not the way I play. Yeah. I've got players, like I know that Bernabe is a completely different fullback to Greg Taylor. So when I've got Bernabe on the pitch, I try to play to his strengths. Ange can only do so much. It's, then up, <laughs> it's only then up to Bernabe to play to his own strengths and he's not really managed that as such. But it's when you look at a player like Greg Taylor, that's the, almost the perfect marriage of our manager completely understanding what a player's strengths are and the, the player completely understanding how to utilise his strengths in the manager's system. And it just comes in and it seems to work perfectly. It does and it shows in the Celtic squad that Bernabe and Taylor are totally different, Ralston and Johnson are totally different, but Celtic have got different players all over the place. If... Ange was coming in and was wedded to this one Ange ball system, then he'd have his first 11, then the guys underneath that would all be the exact same players if that's the only way he played. But he doesn't. He brought in Kyogo and Giacomacchus. When Giacomacchus left, he brought in O. Two completely different strikers up there. So Celtic have got different ways to play when they have different players on. And that's what every good manager does. He has certain values, certain principles that his team will stick by. But when there's different players on the pitch, you'll play different strengths. And look, Celtic just look a lot better with Greg Taylor and the strengths he has than they do with Burnaby. A lot of that's to do with that Greg Taylor's a better player, but a lot is to do with the weaknesses in Burnaby. But Greg Taylor, again, this season, from January last season up till now, been so consistent for Celtic, so good. And one of the guys that you just think, if he's in there, Celtic will be fine. It's ever since he opened those Instagram comments. <laughs> we, right. We've been yep. encouraging him all the way down the road. Was it for Kyogo's first goal that Greg Taylor played the pass right across it? Did it go McGregor? Taylor Kyogo was that the first goal? Yeah, it's absolutely brilliant from Celtic. And Nick Stephen mentioned it a few weeks ago about how his pals, how our team's meant to pick this up when you're left back, sort in that number ten position. He's not quite number ten, but Cal McGregor plays it from midfield into Greg Taylor. Greg Taylor's in between the half, the halfway line and the eighteen yard box, and plays it into your striker who finishes it. Absolutely brilliant. The second goal as well is. The reverse of that, it's Greg Taylor to McGregor. McGregor has a shot in Kyogo. So that's three players both involved in the first two goals for Celtic. Incredible movement, incredible passing, incredible agility from all these players in Celtic. Is That's our left-back picking that up there, feeding your striker the the hot dog that Kyogo sends them for, <laughs> and then the left-footed finish as well. It's all just brilliant to watch from Celtic. and shows why Celtic are top of the league, why they have won the league why they've dominated so well. One of the problems with Kyogo is, Stephen, that he's he's so good and he's so consistently good for Celtic that when you do a weekly podcast on Celtic like we do, you're like, well, how do we say anything new about this guy? Aye. Because it's and, and it's got to the point now where without getting too meta about things, we, we've even run out of different ways of saying how do we say something new <laughs> yeah. about Kyogo on a weekly podcast because that finish was absolutely tremendous podcasters curse now yeah the podcasters yeah. curse Aye, that, that, that dummy and finish the guy the guy's literally barely stopped scoring all season <laughs> no. what's that 33 now 33 mm. sitting on which is absolutely incredible still a game to go we could hopefully he makes it right enough he looked as if he took a wee bit mm. of a bad one and that game hobbled off quite badly and he didn't look his normal energetic self in the celebrations yes. he wasn't he wasn't forefront doing his wee dances and all <laughs> that so hopefully he can make it but you know what without meaning to sound disrespectful to the opposition the lower league opposition once again if we have seen the last of Kyogo this season with only one game to go what a season it's been uh -huh. astonishing really uh, really how do you how do you keep getting better? He's one of those guys where I thought, right, we've kind of, we signed them, what, 27, I think it was, mm. 26, 27, probably the finished article. We'll probably see the best of him in season one then. We'll maybe look to sell him in season two. You know, kind of this this new model Celtic have adopted. But he's, he's, he's one of those extremely rare cases where I can see him getting even better yep, well, as he gets towards 30. Well, this is what I was about to mention because... The way Kyogo plays, it's his movement. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. And he's he's never he's 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 such a dangerous prospect for a for a player as a player that's getting older rather because 
the way he reads the game, his on-field intelligence and his and that movement, not pace, movement, is probably going to get better. I mean, you could end up with like a people and Zaggy on your hands here. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Still like sneak creeping in at the back. Yeah. Like, where did he come from and how's he still doing it at 34 years old? Uh, an incredible poacher of goals but even at that he's added he's had so many spectacular ones this season you think back to the one against the United several of them against Rangers are brilliant but the, it's the tap-ins against Rangers that always stick in my mind as the, the sort of quintessential Kyogo goal no one seems to know where he is yeah. and all he is is just he's right in the middle exactly. of the goal <laughs> yeah. he's right in the middle of the goal just waiting and waiting moving moving, dropping in pulling back just arriving at the, the right time to just tap at home it's He's scored every striker. sort of goal this season, hasn't he? Pretty much, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, he definitely has. He's got a few headers in there as well. And it, it's so difficult because Aberdeen, however they line up, is, all they have to do is, right, somebody has to get Kyogo. But when Celtic's left-back's popping up where he is and then feeding it into this guy and then he sends you for the dummy. But it's even the second goal. Cal McGregor has that shot before Cal McGregor's had the shot. You see Kyogo spin off and go round because he knows what if the keeper... Mm. Uh, flaps at this and the keeper did and he's got a tap in so many strikers don't have that instinct he's got that and it's something that will never leave him and like you say he doesn't rely on pace it's all about movement and being in the right place at the right time That that is a skill in itself it's not luck it's everything his movement his desire and his work, it, work ethic to get in there so he's going to score goals the rest of his career no matter what yes maybe when he loses a bit of pace or he can't press as much but Goals will always come for that guy. I thought O's goal from the free kick was very Kyogo like. Yeah. The way he anticipated the keeper's way. Because it was he was he was dancing in front of the wall and I thought, yeah. I'm not sure what this is, but we'll see what happens, right? But to me that's a bit of a piss take. He's saying to every defender, because most of the defence will know, here I am, here I am, here I am. And then the, the shot gets hit and he goes, Do you know what? I'm just gonna nip round the back <laughs> and see if you see if I can get a rebound here. And of course they did. Yeah, and that's why uh, I, I like the look. Oh, I think Jack and Marcus, we all agree look. Good player, he scored mm. goals for Celtic, uh, but he had a bit of a uh, ceiling. And what oh, uh, you get a lot of strikers over the years that you just thought they're never going to score goals for Celtic. But oh, was he had three starts? He's got about six goals or something. Mm. Like Seven that. maybe. I think, Seven yeah. goals. Uh, so it's a decent return, but he's in positions where he does score. I think he could have scored a good few more for Celtic, and he's always in amongst the the goals. He's always on the end of things, and his two goals both satisfying as well. But just that one where. That could easily hit the bar and a defender clears it. But Celtic aren't like that. There's always somebody falling in. There's always somebody there to put it home. And that's invaluable because in some games, like that one, what was it, the the fourth goal or whatever it was, that's fine. But that could win you a game sometimes. We've seen Celtic yeah. so many times where they've been first to react to things and that's why we get the winning goals. Seen it a lot last season, seen it a lot this season and we'll continue to see it because Celtic are always first in the scene. If this striker dynamic was to continue into next season, let's hope it does. You know, there's not really any heavy speculation around Kyogo, but it's always the fear going into yeah. a summer you, you might lose there a, are, a big there player. Are, there are little whispers, but yeah, that's about yeah. it. It's always the fear going into a, a summer that any brilliant player for Celtic could be picked off, right? But there's, let's imagine it's not. Let's not spoil the party here. So if this <laughs> dynamic was to continue into next season, Kyogo, you could be sitting here at the end of next season, Kyogo with another 30 goals under his belt. And O could have 18, 20. That's, yeah. that's not beyond the realms no. of possibility. That's a really good season for a so-called second-choice Celtic striker. And the, the way we talk about backup these days, players aren't always necessarily backup anyway. Injuries will happen. If O is the second-choice to Kyogo next season, he'll, he'll play 25 games easily. Yeah. He'll, he'll definitely contribute the next season. The fixtures we end up oh, playing course, as well. Of course, yeah. And I think... I'm really impressed with him. I, I have to say, he's not the finished article just yet. I do share the misgivings about him being the, the kind of finished article I don't think he's got rough edges to, to sort of rough edges to iron out yes. <laughs> yeah. so he's, he's definitely got stuff to work on but I think like for half a season you have to allow him the same adaptation time as the likes of Bernabe the Japanese players he's, he's come from another continent to any Scottish football you do have to allow these players a bit of time to adapt and so seven uh, goals in this length of time I think that's I think that's a good return the, the thing the difference between O and a lot of these other projects that we've signed over the years is one he's got age on his side a lot of the times we bring in players at 24 calling them a project just just say Gutman just, yeah. just, just, <laughs> at, just yeah. at Gutman and Manny <laughs> Perez <laughs> I mean what age was Bio when we brought him in uh, I'm not sure 24 or something I, I just feel like he was a lot older and then we've brought in players of a similar age 
who you just know don't have it. You just yeah. don't have you, you. You don't have it. So he's he's kind of in that middle ground where he's he's got stuff. He's he's got stuff. <laughs> Clip that <laughs> stuff in that. He, he's got stuff in that. No, he's got skill on the pitch that you you can sort of nail it down. I I'm waffling right now. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is I've got a bit of confidence in him, Melly. Yeah, so do I. He's he's a good player, and I think we'll see the best of it next season. What way is he? You saved that well. You have to, I have to say you well, saved that waffling with saying he's a good player. Look, that's professional. It's, it's junk time for the podcast. <laughs> It's the end of the season. <laughs> we've all had a bit too much champagne. Yeah, he is a good player, but I mean that, and we've seen so many bad strikers for Celtic, and <sighs> you can tell this isn't going to work out. Even mm. players just now at the club, you're just like, I don't think this is going to work out. But oh, you don't get that. He's scored goals, he's uh, created chances, and if anything, next season, with a five-sub rule, Celtic are going to be... Like, Kyogo's went off early a lot of games on two goals because Celtic have the game one, so there's going to be plenty of game time. And if he continues to score headers like he does like that, everybody loves seeing that, don't they? But I talked about how all the goals were satisfying. That was the most satisfying. Seeing a guy in the middle of the box flinging his head and diagonally aiming a header into the far corner... Absolutely brilliant. Kyogo can get all the goals he wants. He should have had a header earlier in the game. But having a guy up there that can do that, best of all for us. He's got confidence in himself. He's a bit gallus, oh, you can tell. Yeah, ag- aggressive. Mm. Uh, likes to get involved. Yeah, I think I think he's got everything about him to be very well, very well suited to the Scottish game. I think he, he looks physical enough. Well, in fact, he definitely looks physical yeah. enough. He's a yeah. big lump of a lad. Quite quick, strong. I, I I think he's perfectly well suited to Scotland now. Bear in mind, I have said that in the past about Oliver Burke. <laughs> so he was perfectly suited for Scotland. Just not <laughs> yeah, Celtic. Just not a good team. Every time I think of that guy, I remember that was it against Livingston. Well, he cleared he, it off the he line. Dr- dribbled the ball out of the park from from the goal line. I think. <laughs> I'm not right. I, I've not googled right yet. However. It, it whilst after I passed to one of you two, I will check. Right, but how many clubs sitting here do you think all of them have got? I'll now? go eleven. Right, eleven. Oh, really, twenty-five, seven. seven, seven. I'm going to go fourteen. <laughs> right, right. That's that's what I'm going to go. And while we're doing that, Stephen, you can pick back your point. But it's. I know. I, I agree. Who's Oliver? Go on. Who's he got in there? The end of season title party. Yeah. And all, well, about Oliver Burke. Bio. Celtic great. Oliver Burke. It's. Um, it's. I agree with you, Millie. It's obvious. It's often. Even both ways, it's obvious when you get like a young striker and youngest striker, you can tell almost straight away that whether they've got anything or whether they're going to be pre- pretty poor. It's very rare that someone will come in, look quite poor and develop into a, like a bona fide Celtic striker, right? You think from extremes, you've got Moussa Dembele who came in at 19 was absolutely incredible. Odds and Edward, right? You can tell that they're going to go on. But likewise, you can tell when guys like Bio and I mean the list is endless. Nadir Chifche and all that. We mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. By the way, it's ten. Uh, ten right, we, we mentioned this a couple of weeks ago that I, I'm I'm really struggling. I know people like to romanticise this idea of a player that comes in, needs a run of games, becomes good, right? And we've heard that a lot with players that we get a lot of feedback on our opinions on the podcast. That's part of being on a podcast. But I'm really racking my brain to think of anyone who came in and it was absolutely diabolical and then turned into a player it's different when there's a young player comes through maybe gets a couple of games at 16 makes a bit of a horlicks of it but turns into something but very rarely do we sign somebody pay money for them who has crap when they arrive uh, and ends up making us specifically eat our words yeah and where where I'm going with this with O is that he's he's been neither of those things he's, he's not been like Moussa Dembele level where you think well he's going to get 30-35 goals a season he's going to play for Chelsea or you know, at the time we've been linked with Juventus and all that mm. stuff he's not in that extreme but he's miles away from the other end of the spectrum yes. where you think you can just write him off straight away there has been a little bit of I mean people talk about how like, these games are meaningless and all that and they have been quite poor in between those two games that, that I spoke about but you do tend to see that people start forming their opinions regardless. I don't care about this game, but also these players are... Yes. are and um, I don't think anyone has written off O, but there's been a wee bit of sort of questioning whether he can po- properly replace Yakimakis and all that. I, I'm I think he's in, done it already. I, I, I may, possibly. He's getting close to it. I'm, I'm very encouraged by what I, what I see, to be honest. Latter the Yakimakis, though, because when Yakimakis came off the bench, he scored a goal. And that's yeah. what O's basically doing. Though. And I, I would say exactly if... if if the Yakimakis has the obvious comparison, he's better at this stage of his career with Celtic than Yakimakis yep. was because mm. it took Yakimakis a long time to get going and he was you know, a fully-fledged footballer at the time. It took him, remember he was injured for ages, he came on and missed and that penalty. Yeah, yeah, so it took him a, a long time to get going. Whether he, he's, he's 
ceiling is higher. I think it probably is. I, I don't mm. know, but at this stage, six months into his Celtic career, I think he's ahead of Giacomakis, to be honest. Melly, you said something about, you know, you've not got confidence in players, some players you don't think are going to make it under and some players that are still here. And it's always towards the end of the season. It's a time of great change um, <laughs> at the end of the season. And you, you're kind of watching the celebrations after the match and you're thinking to yourself, how many of these guys am I probably never going to see again? You find yourself reading into how they're celebrating what are they doing all with that that looks a bit different oh he's spending a bit longer on the pitch than he really <laughs> yeah. usually should and well, he's he giving his boots to the crowd yeah he's oh, giving his yeah. boots to the crowd who was it that gave their boots to the crowd but didn't retire Co- oh Commons remember he done it and Hugh Keem said that's him off and that's he, right. he was here also, he's a new contract is Aguirre Aguirre did a lap of honour remember <laughs> yeah. he came over and applauded everyone and that there was a there was an Aguirre banner that did the whole <laughs> uh, lap of the stadium yeah. and he signed a new contract <laughs> and, <it stayed. laughs> and then not only that, even after they left, they came, came back. back. Yeah. They came back Aye. again, yeah. So uh, it was the three Commons farewells. The, it was the <laughs> Commons boots. I was thinking, I'm pretty sure it was Collins with these, with these boots. But I, I, I'm looking at that score and I'm thinking, how many of those players are probably seen their last title party at Celtic Park? I think if I had to pick a few, David Turnbull we've discussed at length, but I think in particular James Forrest is a player who, he's got his, when they, when they announced his testimonial, I thought, now, I've heard rumours about Forrest when they announced the testimonial I thought that's probably a sign and I think we maybe have seen the, the last of James Forrest at Celtic Park Potentially but he will be Until playing that uh, he'll <laughs> be playing that testimonial whether it's a, he's a Celtic player or not he probably will be but when you look at the date August oh, he's still going to be here mm. I don't know what the future holds for James Forrest he'd have thought after this season and this little game time he got that maybe it is time for him to move on I think Celtic have moved beyond him I think it has career he'll, he'll want to play games at this point yeah. will he want to be what is he fifth choice right now even them Celtic have got guys like Ben Summers and Vat are coming through so I think it's about time for James Forrest to move on and if he's coming into these games then I get a bit annoyed at him but then I realise like, the guy's not played in how many months oh, yeah. and I'm expecting him to come on skin a couple of players and get the ball in that's not his game anymore. He, I barely took on a player when he came on in the, the two games this week. So I think it's just time for James Forrest. Look, you've been a good servant to the club. Thanks for everything, but see you later. I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for James is like, all right, all right. Clear off. <laughs> <laughs> Clear out your locker, James. I could, I could tell you what <laughs> I really think about. Yeah, get, get draft Melly in the speech. <laughs> <laughs> no, I do think, well, great point, Melly, because it brings me on to exactly what I was about to say. I'm like, I wonder if people maybe underestimate James Forrest's contribution to Celtic a wee bit. Because I think they overestimate it. No, I, well, hold on, because although he's no the most mercurial footballer and he's never been at the bet anybody's favourite footballer, James Forrest must be doing something right to have such a long career at Celtic. Celtic don't just hand out careers and medals and awards they don't just hand careers to footballers willy-nilly no you know what I mean don't. and there's been people who James who, McCarthy but the, well, James McCarthy's a different thing but there's been players who came through with James Forrest that have not lasted anywhere near as, as long as James yeah. Forrest has and the club have been very happy to get rid of them so the guy's obviously doing something right he's uh, obviously got a great laugh around the, around yeah. the dressing room and all that kind of, he's obviously got some sort of value and it, it seems quite harsh to talk about James Forrest in these terms when he, he just played a half yeah. in the weekend in, in the last game of the season we've not really seen anything from him this season to suggest that he's going to be a major contributor going forward I don't, I don't think there's much debate there I think he, sh- he should go in my opinion, because he's got so much left to give. I mean, he's, he's what is he, 31? Yeah. This, this conversation would be fine about, you know, should he just stay around for another couple of years at Celtic if he was 35 and he basically just sort of, he had done his, his race was run and he was doing a kind of Paul Lambert doing his coaching badges in the background and all that kind of thing. But he could still be a great player for somebody, maybe not necessarily Celtic. Who wants this for him? Where he's this is already two years where he's barely played. Yeah. So he's, I mean, he's done a bit under the He's got a hat-trick just this season, but it's been been very very much in and out of the, or mostly out of the team so he's he's still got something to do for, for some club or other 11 league titles I guess one. yeah yeah. I well, mean, that's, it's, it's unbelievable the amount of that, that is a lot of winningness it, <laughs> to bring to any squad it certainly is and, and his contribution is enormous to at least some of that he was brilliant yeah. under Brendan Rodgers and early Neil Lennon that was his peak he was great for those seasons but now at the point where it, it becomes a debate over whether he can become the most decorated player in Celtic's history, if he gets another couple of medals, he'll be ahead of Bobby Lennox, all that mm. stuff that surrounds him. But at this stage, is that really achieving anything? Because what would 
happened to get him to that point is other people would be winning those medals for him while he's not contributing. You're suggesting there's maybe a bit of tokenism to, towards that. It would, it would be like he opened them across the line a wee bit just to tick a box. Yeah, but I, I don't think I don't think he would genuinely care about no. that. To be honest, I don't think as a professional footballer he sits in the background now of the Celtic team and thinks it would be great if these guys ahead of me won another medal for me. So I can. I don't think he talks in in those terms at all. So I think it. Probably best if he if he moves on because I think he could still contribute massively to some other club because do you know what James Forrest, you're right it doesn't really take players on a great deal anymore that that tends to be the trajectory for wingers who hit the age of thirty their yeah. their ability or willingness to take on players just statistically this is you know, kind of broadly speaking it tends to go sharply downwards after the age of thirty but he can he's still a good passer of the ball he still get talent in there he still he still get a good touch can still pick a decent pass he could he could do that for someone whether he changes his he becomes a, like a James Milner type yeah well, he, could, he could maybe become a more a more central player he could maybe do that but that's not going to be at Celtic either so I'd, I'd, I would wish him all the best but I think it's probably time for him to go yeah Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Summer's coming. Are you ready to unveil your beach bod? Manscaped is here to ensure your body is ready for the wild with their game-changing full-body grooming and hygiene products. Don't be the guy at the beach with the Austin Powers chest hair on. It doesn't even have to be that, Stevie. Not a patchy way, sort of pasty, yep, yep. bit of hair on the shoulders. You don't want that either. <laughs> if you grew some winter man tits... <laughs> Right, Melly. The least you can do is make sure they're hairless. <laughs> it's time to get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping with our code TIMS, T-I-M-S. Manscaped is dedicated to helping you increase your confidence and level up your full body grooming game with the Performance Package 4.0. The kit comes with the essential Lawnmower 4.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your grooming routine. Whether you're trimming your chest or the treasure chest in your pants, this is the best trimmer on the market. You also get two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, $39 value add, and the patented high-performance Reduce Chafing Manscaped Boxers. Get 20% off all of this and free shipping with the code TIMS, T-I-M-S, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code TIMS at manscaped.com. Trim your chesticles, the besticles. Yeah, I think I've obviously been harsh on him a bit, but <laughs> he's been a good player for Celtic. I just, it's weird to think that like, oh, off you go, Jamesy, but I just can't imagine him anywhere else. No, it's, that's it. Like Callum McGregor's been at Celtic for a long time, but he's had that stint away, so it's kind of, you can like, see him in an R strip. But James Forrest, kind of, what, is he going to go to Hibs? Is he going to go to Fleetwood? I don't know where he'll go, but I think he can be a good player. I think player. he's too good for both those teams. I mean, is his brother at Hearts still? Yeah, he's still at Hearts, but even... 
I think that. he's probably too good for that as well. Uh, I, I wonder if a, a championship team down south would maybe mm. take him, but I think he could be a decent player for somebody. He can score goals as well. That's something that he's maybe not too well known for, but he does get himself into decent scoring positions. So I think he'd be a good player for he somebody. He came on for a badder. Abada's been linked away in the summer and Abada's a sort of player that we've had long debates about. I sort of got myself into a bit of a pickle with my Abada slash Mikey Johnson <laughs> oh. take. Just because Melly put me off. Oh, Stephen. <laughs> Melly put me off and I did make a point that with Mikey Johnson coming back, maybe uh, he might be a more effective winger than Abada and you can share your opinions on that if you want. Um, Abada came out in the press recently said he was very happy at Celtic. This is his home and all that usual footballer stuff they say uh, right before they leave. But I thought uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought Abada was actually quite good. Yeah, yeah, he had a good run uh, early on when he took on three players and you're like, where's this been? Where's this been? But look, I'm not going to let one half cloud my judgement. I don't think uh, Leal Abada going forward for Celtic is the answer. We're looking for where Celtic can improve and I think that's the one place. But it's not just that. Maybe it's harsh and Abada, but we're looking at, right, it's probably at the point where Celtic do need to sell a player. So who's a good player that can maybe get on without and it would be Abada? That's nothing to do with him, but is it? That's uh, what I'm wanting here. So I think if Celtic are going to improve in positions, I think it would be where Leal Abada plays. I think he's just... He can be a good player for somebody else, but I'm just not sure he'll be playing at Celtic every weekend. At his age, I think he'd want to be playing all the time. There's, Like Stephen said, there's no real bad players in this team. Players that would go and fit in other other squads, and I think Abad is one of them. Being a good player scores lots of goals, but I'm looking for more, to be honest. See, when you say Celtic need to sell, I know people are sensitive to this kind of thing, but I, I agree with that, they do. But people will be obviously saying, oh, but we're minted, what do we need to sell for? It's simply just to make room for other players. Yeah. You basically need, you can't keep all the players because you know, we're all fond of, we should never have let them go, right? That, that tends to be said about every player who's played for Celtic in the last 15 years, we should never let them go. But quite simply, we can only have a certain amount of them and you do have to you do have to move players on to to make room for the for the new, you know, hopefully improvements. A bad uh, He's, he's another one. He needs to be playing. He needs to yeah. be playing, and he's not really done an awful lot that at Celtic. Whether you would put two and two together and think that, well, he's not signing a new contract, so he's kind of been bombed out of the side. He's maybe been injured a wee bit as well. All of these things have combined, but it seems like too much of a coincidence that as soon as the speculation about him started happening, um, that, remember he made some sort of comment about things happening in the background or something. Yeah, some sort of cryptic comment. It, it seems too much of a coincidence to. They, they line up quite well that that happened and then he's not really played an awful lot this it's season. It's a pattern, isn't it? We've yeah. seen it with Ange before. It would be silly to ignore the fact that it happened earlier this season with Juranovic and Yakimakis. It's it's not a big deal. It's not like some sort of controversy. We just need to get rid of players and bring in other ones. It's, that's just how it works. Ange has told us that. So if bad is the next one out the door, kind of makes sense because he's not really playing an awful lot. Um, I'm sure people will prefer him to, to Dyson because they're very, very different profiles of players. It's it's hard to ignore their level of goals that Abada scores, yeah. but it's it's just different. We need to defend from the front, and Abada's not necessarily as good as other players are at that. You talk about we need to build for the Champions League, and I know that's it's a fairly nebulous concept, um, yes. building yes. for the Champions League, right? But one thing we're going to have to do is defend from the front. We have to be able to press teams and put them under pressure because that's the main problem in the Champions League. Is that well, we would do that to teams domestically, they'll panic and give the ball away teams in the Champions League will keep it for ages and ages and Celtic will just tire themselves out but we need to be able to defend from the front Abada's no great at that and Dyson Maida is so I appreciate that they're different players but Abada um, he's been great it's been two seasons scored a lot of goals it's probably just about time to, mm. to move on from him no, again nothing against him and I think he's done he's done really well contributed massively but we, we need to make space for new players yeah his numbers are great and I think he will be a good player for someday but it's a good position for Celtic to be in as well it's that guy where do you know what we can make good money on this guy and he's not quite that main 11 player but at the same time if he stays Celtic have got a decent player on their hands as well yeah. so I think Abada's in that position as well where he'll be looking at it I don't think his ceiling will be higher either. So if he's going to get a move, it is the point. It's the perfect point for him and the club as well with the contract situation. He's not going to sign a new one. He's still got enough time on it. Celtic can get a decent fee. And it's about Celtic need to shake things up all over the pitch. They maybe need somebody at the back. They need somebody in midfield. They need somebody in the wide areas. It's the reshuffle we were talking yeah, about last week. Yeah, it's just small changes that will probably benefit Celtic and keep 
this churn going. It's it's a good way Celtic are running it now. We're not losing massive players. We're selling players, bringing in other decent players. At some point, somebody won't work out. Bernabe hasn't worked out, maybe Kobayashi, but Abada's worked out for Celtic, so if we can get money for him, it'd be great. But if he stays, fair enough. One thing we need to do that is some uh, consistency in the, the manager's office. We'll get to that in a wee minute. <laughs> um, but these games are, are really... A, a bit of a format it's like a party atmosphere at Celtic oh, Park yeah. when this goes yeah. on and it's really about the celebrations and it's really about seeing the players now people have mixed feelings about the players on the pitch with their families and all that sort of stuff and the trophy presentation um, but I had mixed feelings personally about being fo- feeling that they force Ange to do speeches <laughs> but I've got to admit I loved I loved that lucky man jive <laughs> I, I thought that is the t- when you're standing on the pitch 60,000 Celtic fans screaming your name. Your team have got the trophy behind them and he goes, I'm a lucky man. <laughs> like, you, it was it was beautiful. It was great just to finally just put one little zip right over that pipsqueak's little mouth <laughs> and, and say, that, this is this is me. I'm the lucky man. Absolutely nailed it. He's obviously been sitting on that yes. for a few weeks, hasn't he? Um, uh, BBC cut it out. The clean they shots did, of the I. BBC because uh, the regime don't like it, man. They, <laughs> they, they cut, cut out the line, the best line of it. But the whole thing, the whole build up to it, the champions again because of this, champions yeah. again because of that. And then to, to finally kill it off with that line was absolutely brilliant. It's hilarious in the stadium. Everybody was pissing themselves laughing. But we just never get bored of this man it's like see this chat about how it must be dead boring being dominant in Scotland it just just total garbage Melly and I spoke about this on our at the match podcast that we did for for trophy day every one of these trophy days is just as good as Mm -hmm. previous ones they never get boring I will never find myself in this this stage where I'm just why knock off why knock off early lads should we just beat the traffic I will I will happily stay behind and listen to Questionable music being played, <laughs> watching yeah. watching the team. They didn't come even play around. Lucky Man. They, they did know, right there. And they said it. It's dreary though. It's a bit, it's a bit a of a party killer. Now it would have worth it for the gag, but mm. it, is, it is fairly dreary. Uh, but the usual one more time. Hey there, you. With what was that thing? Uh, live it up. Uh, all yes. that. All the usual stuff. But honestly, I, I find myself at the, these things that I find myself. Like, I'm listening to the the speeches and all that. So it, again, not only do we never get bored of it. I appreciate these because some one of these days it's it's, it's never going to like we might not be as successful next season. Mm, or yeah. Hopefully we will. It just you cannot take it for granted. Is my point. You cannot simply just say, "Oh well, we're dominant in Scotland. It's all just boring. This is a formality and all that." It's the the whole day was great. The tifo before it, the atmosphere, the performance of the team. Because again, they don't want to let us down on Trophy Day. The speech from the manager, watching the players enjoying it, all the families, all that stuff. The party in the, the city centre, all that. It's just, what a great day. And I will never, ever tire of that. And you never know when you're in the good times. Like when, you, when you're when you in this successful period, you don't know when you've peaked until you're coming over the other side of it. Yes. And we experienced that in very recent seasons. The thing we do not talk about, right? So every one of these, you take... You, you enjoy like it's the first time and like it's the last time in many ways. So I, I, I brilliant. Because it's, I mean, I know this is the most blatantly obvious thing you say, but I feel like the people that moan about these things don't consider. Everyone's different. Every season has its own yeah, challenges thanks. that you have to overcome to get to that point. I mean, God, last season it was unbelievable and the best seasons I've ever followed. So yeah. I think this season it was it was brilliant, but entirely different. It was brilliant for different reasons. Yeah, and everybody's circumstances change, don't they? It could be some of these first league title that yeah. they've seen Celtic win it could be somebody's last it could be that you've moved away it could be this is your first year staying in Scotland or something everything's different it could be you're with different people at different times it's it's all about how it feels to you and you have ever had Celtic lose the league and thought oh, do you know what we had a good one last season this is <laughs> yeah. alright it's not like that mm. you want to win every <laughs> season and you want to be when you get to the end of the season the whole point to a season is when you get to the end that your team is successful especially in Scotland because there's only going to be one of two teams winning it so you want to be that team or it's going to be a big rival so this nonsense like ah just uh, do you ever get bored no never never get bored I still love every second of it I love the manager having a go it was good that Ange just took it instead of uh, the guy asking him questions and that he had mm. that ready delivered it it was on a plate for lucky man they even could have done Kylie Minogue I could be so lucky yeah, that's but probably worse they passed it up <laughs> so <laughs> 
<laughs> it would have been great, but it would have been better than nothing. But I think if you're going to get bored of that, which no fan that ever wins ever says they're bored of it because then your rival wins it. I think it's just great. Ange coming in has revitalised everything. And even going through COVID like everybody went through, it just re-energised everybody. Mm. We got back to the football. You still, you're still in that where that was so close. It was far away, but it was still so close that you remember how bad it was for everyone involved and what happened. So don't take this for granted. And I don't think anybody does. And judging by the scenes, we all knew last year what it was like when Celtic had that last day of the season everybody got their memo this season didn't yeah. they knew what was happening look I, I don't I don't want to get my high horse but I just think that the reaction and the, the preparation for Celtic winning the league and the fans spilling out in the Gallagher is it's, it's pathetic man like it's why can they not put on a party for people why can they not arrange something for everyone to put some bins out man <laughs> well there's that but why can't they just go somewhere and let everyone sort of enjoy themselves a wee bit create a bit of a party atmosphere it's just like they just let everyone spill out the Gallagate as if you're not allowed to do it and then they have a moan about it afterwards. I just for the life of me don't understand why they don't put on some sort of event at Glasgow Green or elsewhere. The club pay for it. Have a more organised thing. Go and let us enjoy the day. We're going to date anyway. We're going to do it anyway. <laughs> so you might, you might as well... Barry from EastEnders meme. <laughs> <laughs> so you might as well put on something and let us enjoy it. Have some ported blues about the place at least. So people aren't to pee in the street. Just anything at all would really do instead of treating us like animals and then moaning about it the next day. But that's my personal beef with these things it's, but it's absolutely brilliant did you see that drone footage oh, yeah class. yes was, I, I was, to be honest I've seen about eight drone footage aye. videos that must be going to move for drones obviously you always see like because of Twitter and all and social media now when teams win the league and it's scenes we are now the scenes yeah. and that's yeah. what you want to be you want to be part of that you want to be Celtic fans are one of the best in the world and this is why because we don't take it for granted no matter what we go and win these titles and you go and enjoy it that's what supporting a football life club's about. Life is difficult sometimes. Life is hard. We're in the middle of a cost of living crisis. I thought you were going to say pandemic. But people are having a bit of a crap time of it. Your football team goes and wins. Go and have a party. Yeah. It's absolutely fine. Although public service announcements, see if somebody's got a lit firework, don't try and wrestle it off them. <laughs> Just love it. The one thing we didn't want to happen. I thought it was Wesley Snipes in Passenger 57 there. She thought she was going to take that off the guy. Um, right, so there's, a, there's a good yep. one, isn't it? A 90s movie reference. Uh, Tick. Yep. There, there we, we go. go. There we go. Managed to get it in. Um, look, people don't like this sort of thing. People don't like you talking about this speculation around the manager. But th there is probably more than ever concrete speculation that, that uh, Tottenham Hotspur are interested in Ange. And Ange is pressed on it. He's not answering it. Um, he's Well, he's answering it in the same way he's always answered these things. Um, I've got some pretty strong views on the way that I think th this should be handled by the manager, by the club and all that sort of stuff. I've got some pretty strong views about how I think the job is to go at Celtic. I've got some pretty strong views about how attractive a prospect I think Tottenham Hotspur are right now for, for, for any manager at the moment. Um, but I... I, I, I I want to hear what you guys have got to say first because I, I'm not convinced at all by I'm not convinced at all by the 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 prospect of Spurs for Ange right now. I I I heard Neil Lennon speak recently and he says that there's a job to do still at Celtic and I and that's how I feel. I, I still feel yeah. there's a job to do at Celtic, um, but yeah. I saw the same thing you're talking mm -hmm. about. Neil Lennon was asked if Ange is going to be in the Premier League in the next 12 months, and Neil Lennon said, you know, directly, no, just no. Um, there's a job still to do at Celtic. However, he was sitting across the table from Cockney gobshite Tim Sherwood. <laughs> yeah. uh, Tim, Tim Sherwood said yes because uh, I might have heard a wee thing, and then the video cuts off, and I'm like, oh, for what? What? I'll tell you right now, Neil Lennon, who is probably still mates with. Dermot Desmond and Peter Law probably knows more about what's going on at Celtic than Tim they won't return my calls <laughs> remember me I've still got the GLA Sherwood yeah I, I, I'm not buying into anything that happened in that video of course but it was the sources so this was probably last Friday that it first started um, happening that Spurs links became quite strong um, even chat about an official approach about to be made all that stuff now we sit here on Monday and nothing further has happened but it was the sources of the of the rumours that started to alarm me. It wasn't just your Fabrizio usual... Fabrizio Morano. Uh, uh, Fabrizio Morano. Um, <laughs> Usually on the ball, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
it wasn't your Kenny Miller and, and Chris Boyd. It wasn't any of that no. stuff. It was Miguel Delaney, guys who are fairly reputable. Well, reputable compared to the, the usual Scottish sort of slurry out there, yes. uh, the, the mainstream media. So I, I searched you know, various social media for just Ange Spurs and all the Spurs, all the sort of blue tick Spurs accounts of all start to click into gear. Here are, here's the breakdown of how Ange plays football. Here's what he could bring to Spurs. Here's how he would benefit this player in the Spurs team. Here's how Richarlison would benefit. And I'm like, oh, I'm not ready for this. I, don't, <laughs> yeah. I do not want to see these breakdowns at all. Well, it might just be speculation, but it feels quite ominous at the moment because like Spurs, yes, they are in a, a bit of a mess just now and have been for basically all season. They had a massive meltdown with a previous manager. <laughs> The guy, <laughs> the guy who replaced the, the interim gets sacked <laughs> after after Conte was sacked. It, it's been a, a disaster. Harry Kane has somehow remarkably scored 32 goals or something like that this season still and amongst it all. So they have still got things going for them. But I just don't... This is an opportunity, if there's anything in it, that the likes of which I don't think Ange will get again, if this is true at all. People who say, no, he should hang on for Liverpool, hang on for Man City, Man United, that's never going to happen. They're in the business of the super coaches. Spurs probably are as well, but there are links that have come out that Spurs have appointed this Australian director of football who has worked with Ange in the City group before. So there are a few jigsaw pieces fitting together there. It feels like a, an opportunity that he, that might appeal to him. No, I'm not saying he's going to just ditch Celtic at the first opportunity, but on the surface of things, Spurs only four years off a Champions League final. Very recently, they were one of the clubs, one of the sixteen clubs in the European Super League, which fell through. So they are considered among. I mean, let's face it, it's just wealth, really. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's nothing beyond that. But that talks. I'm not talking about personally. I'm not talking about how Ange will be paid more, which he inevitably will. It spurs over Celtic, but it's it's the opportunities that that affords, the greater access to players, facilities, being able to attract different players, being able to work with better players for the last few years of his probably top flight career. It, going on 58, Ange Postecoglou, that window is closing because these clubs don't generally appoint managers in their 60s now. It tends to be guys in their kind of early 40s who come through at progressive clubs. So for all those reasons, I think it could be an appeal to a guy like Ange because I, I won't drag us back down the discussion that we've had before about how England is like, th that's kind of the place to be for not only players, but now coaches. That's where everyone gravitates towards. Whatever you think of it, that's kind of, it's the it's the main show in football these days. But I don't want any of this to happen. I don't want any of this to happen at all. I would love for Ange to stay for as long as he possibly can, but I'm realistic about it. I know that day will come one day. And it's because he has been been so successful at Celtic that he is unavoidable. He is undeniable for someone one of these clubs. Uh, I I don't know at this point. I really don't know. Let me tell you where I am and everything you've said, and I'm not necessarily disagreeing with, with everything you said. But in this specific case, right, Ange has a good job at a massive club, yeah. right? Um, but with a ceiling, yeah, yeah, no, no, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Ange has a good job at a massive club. He's not motivated by money. He's always said that. Regardless of that, <laughs> he's going to. He's a, a very wealthy man, and if he signs any form of new contract at Celtic, he's going to be an extremely wealthy man. His kids and grandkids are going to be taken care of at Celtic. Um, should Ange achieve more? I think there's a job to be done at Celtic. I think there's a uh, Celtic are a, a three stage process here. I think part one is rebuilding us to get us competing back on all domestic fronts and get us back into Europe, and that's where we got tick tick yep. tick. That was last season. This season was about stabilising the club and building on what you've already achieved, getting his back off the Foot on the neck. Foot on the neck. Tick. And the third thing you need to do as Celtic manager, the third thing that we want and the reason we went out and got Ange was to use this nebulous term, but to make some form of mark in the Champions League, right? And I know that's not entirely down to Ange, that's down to the club supporting him, right? So if he goes to Celtic next year and goes, if you want me to do this thing that you brought me here to do, I need 50 million quid for you. And I don't care where you get it, but there's a billionaire in charge, get him to write a cheque or whatever the case may be, right? So, and just partway through that job, there is work to be done here. He didn't come to Celtic just to sit. Now, I appreciate things change all the time and the Tottenham job has come along. But sometimes things arrive at the wrong time for, for Ange and sometimes that's life and sometimes that isn't to say this is the only time it will come around because I'm not asking Ange to stay for life. What I'm saying is Ange gives one more year. Because, you know, just because it's Spurs, I think a lot of people are taking what Spurs was 
or what Spurs could be and not the reality of Spurs at the moment. The problem as far as I see it with Spurs is every manager that comes in never gets the backing or the players to fulfil the obligation and the, the vision that he has for Spurs. So they end up just... I mean, it's been going on for years and years and years and years and years. These managers come at Spurs, they don't get the players they need, they end up losing their agon, they just leave. And that that's a risky gamble Ange's got. Now, you could stay one more year at Celtic and if you achieve what you achieve at Celtic, then you might get Brighton, you might get Villa, you might get West Ham, you might get another club, maybe not the big name that Spurs is, but you get the foot in the door at the Premier League and you get to achieve a legacy at Celtic and you get to build on something at Celtic and you still leave very, very wealthy. You go to Spurs and you don't get anything you're promised and it goes the way it's gone for every other Spurs manager the last couple of years and you're out before Christmas or you're out before the end of the season, you're done. That's it. No, He's not going to get the second bite of the cherry. So you need to, he needs to pick his move very, very, very carefully about what happens next. And I don't think Spurs is the club for it. And it's, opportunities come around at the wrong time all the time. All the time. And if Ange was to sit down and write a memoir, it might read... You know, left a Celtic legend, won the treble this year, maybe won the league in the treble and got us out of the Champions League group last year or done whatever next year. Spurs came on for me in the summer, but I sat down with Spurs and you know what? It wasn't the right time for me. And you, I don't think that would go down as a regret for Ange. I don't think he, if he achieves what he can achieve at Celtic and builds a legacy that he can achieve, and I know he's not motivated by money, but has all the money in the bank that he would get from doing it, I don't think he's going to go, damn, wish I took that 40 million from Spurs for six months. He might, but I don't think that's necessarily where he is. And I think that as much as I understand it's and appreciate that it's a big draw and I'm not foolish enough to think that people just turn, you know, we're talking probably about the difference between 2 million quid a year at Celtic and 10 million quid a year at yeah, Spurs. Yeah. I know it's, massive and it's easy for me to sit here making a fraction of that every week um, doing podcasts barely make that a month <laughs> Aye, hard, I can't make that a month no. doing Celtic podcasts <laughs> patreon.com slash times if you want to help me do it I, I just don't think that's something that's ever uh, ever really motivated Ange and he said that himself and I have to take his word for that now the only criticism I do have of Ange and the only thing that's making me feel wary is he could at any time say I've got a job here to do at Celtic and I want to say I want to lead Celtic in the Champions League next year and I've started something here that I want to see through and he may very well still say that there might be he might be completely you know saying I'm not going to comment in Spurs till a, a bit of paper arrives in my email inbox with a job offer or until I get to speak to someone and I know I've been talking for a long time but I've got a lot to say he might go to Spurs and say right I've had a look at your squad I need 200 million in the summer to put it right and if you sell Harry Kane I need another 100 million to replace him and the Spurs might just go we can't do that and he'll go Cool. Then, then yeah. I'll, 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 catch, I'll catch you later on it. Um, but I, I think Spurs. I think sorry. I think there's no harm if he was staying. Ange could do more to reassure fans like myself by saying there's a job here. And I know people say, and you guys have said it at the podcast before. He could look foolish on that. But we've just sat here and said no super club is going to come in for him. So Spurs are just about the only top club that are really going to come in for him at the moment. I think if he said I want to leave Celtic in the Champions League next year, and we're sitting in August in Barcelona, Man U, Liverpool. Man City come in first and we can we can all appreciate that some offers are too big to turn down so I think I don't think Spurs is the right opportunity for Ange I think there's masses of work to do at Celtic I think there's an opportunity to build a legacy and a name that goes beyond what he could do at Spurs and I think Spurs is a risky bet for him that is my case for staying at Celtic Melly yeah and look, this is the most difficult job offer I think for Ange because I think he's still got a job to do at Celtic he's still I was at the coaching convention he was talking about Celtic in the Champions League why we want to do that so I've no doubt that Ange was planning and is planning for next season in the Champions League but while he's still got a job to do at Celtic I also think at the exact same time Spurs would be too hard a job to turn down and I get that they're in a bit of a mess but he's not going to get offered that job unless Spurs are in a mess there's no way he's going Should to get offered it? Oh, he might. I've got a Ferrari outside with a broken gearbox and four flat tires <laughs> and a smashed exhaust, but I'll get you it for the price of a Corsa. Well, you don't just take it because it's it could lead to so many more problems. Yeah, but I think Spurs is kind of like the Chelsea job as well. Is if you don't do well at that, people don't think you're a bad manager. Plenty of managers have went there, not succeeded, and went on to manage. I think Spurs is. Well, it's not a super club. It was one of the clubs. Look what it did to Tim Sherwood. <laughs> <laughs> He's hanging about with Neil Lennon. He's hanging about with Neil Lennon doing Willie Hill podcasts. <laughs> but the Spurs... Logan Geely is on eBay. <laughs> he probably is as well. Well, Spurs is... Uh, 
isn't quite the, the top job. It's still one of those clubs that was going to be in that European Super League. So they are seen as a massive club. And is he going to get any of the other big jobs? I, I just don't see it happening. I think I said, I think it was in the Discord recently, I really worry about Spurs because of the way they are right now. I think top managers will knock them back. And because uh, Arnie Schlott knocked them back last week, Ange sort of moves up. And this was my worry that when people have a look and ask Spurs what they're going to do, then they'll not get the reassurances they need. But this might be an opportunity for Ange Postecoglou. This is me. Look, Julian Lopetegui is the Wolves manager. Unai Emery is the Aston Villa manager. This is where you go up against the cream of the crop as managers. The best of the best are in the Premier League. Ange, while it's not about money for him, it is about ambition. He's an ambitious guy. He wants to go up against the best and see where he can go. And I think Tottenham is the best job that he could get offered right now. Whether he takes it, be honest, I don't think he will. I think a couple of things will come into play. I think Ange will still feel he's got a job to do at Celtic Ball. So I'm just not sure Spurs will come in for him. I think for how much I love Ange and think he's a brilliant manager, I still think they'll be aiming a bit higher than him. And I think if they do get him, it will be because they've failed in other targets. Doesn't mean to say he's a bad manager, but I think uh, he's got a job to do here at Celtic. But if Spurs did make concrete uh, a concrete bid for him, think he'd find it very hard to turn down. The soulless churn of the Premier League <laughs> yeah. manager roundabout. Um, Melly makes a good point there and, and being completely objective about it. You are a the chairman of a Premier League football club and you've got basically almost as we, you, we, we seem to think the pick of European managers, right? Obviously Spurs don't have the absolute pick because the fire off manager just turned them down. But how good a job has Ange Postacoglu actually done? At Celtic we love him because of what he's done at Celtic but a lot of that's emotional a lot of that's bringing us back from where we were bringing us where we think we should belong but how much attention are these chairmen and directors of football actually paying attention to the SPFL or are they going right okay so he's won the treble tick that sort of that sort of that's like the, to get you into the playoff winning yeah. everything in Scotland sort of gets you recognised in Europe he did okay. How many of these managers, do you, how many of these club chairmen do you think are actually thinking, that guy's done a really excellent job at Celtic? Well, I'd, I'd actually think it's not the opposite, but it, I don't think it's the, that is the point anymore. I don't yeah. think these clubs look at trophies in Scotland or anything like that. Because you look at, I, I think like clubs will want to build cultures, winning yeah. cultures and player development and you know tactical revolutions and all that other clubs. You look at Brighton, they went out and uh, appointed De Zerbe, who has been one of the managers of the year down there has qualified them for Europe Hep loves him yeah oh yeah he's one one of the most kind of now influential managers in the league having come from not nowhere but I mean f- relative obscurity when it comes to the Premier League barely won anything in his career I think he won a, a cup in Ukraine possibly something like that with, with Shakhtar so I don't think they will look at that they have pulled off a masterstroke there and bringing in a guy who can develop on what Graham Potter had already built and he has absolutely done that. I don't think clubs... Why did one of the big clubs not go for this guy? Oh, well, it, 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 that, that becomes part of the, the discussion about like opportunity, timing, right? None of these big clubs are really looking for anyone just now. So that's why that's why I'm worried about Spurs because they are looking for managers. None of the others are. Possibly mm. Liverpool at one point in the future, but they're not going to appoint Ange. And maybe there will be other opportunities in England, such as the aforementioned Aston Villa, Brentford, Brighton, all those kind of things. Those are good clubs to be at in England. Good managers are there. But if they're looking for a manager, it's because one of their managers has gone to Spurs. So Ange could basically just go straight in there. Mm. I, again, I'm only speculating and I really hope these things don't happen. Well, we know what happened last time we did this with yeah, our yeah, Celtic manager. Wow. <laughs> we categorically stated that Rogers was absolutely going nowhere and about eight hours later yeah. he was... Before, we yeah, could, before the podcast was, was even cold, just, he was... <laughs> Gone. Uh, so I, I don't think clubs look at just trophies and stuff like that anymore. I think I think that's too. I, I think that's oversimplifying things. I think they will look at what a manager does within their particular set of circumstances and resources and and all that. How they build a culture at a club rather than what's he won. Spurs are looking for somebody to build a culture and build an identity around Spurs. That what are Spurs? Yeah. I don't know what they are, and they've tried the big managers in Conte and Mourinho, and it didn't get them anywhere. So they need somebody to come in play a brand of football and do something. And I think that's why they'll be looking at Ange. And when you look at Ange as well, it's just Ange. You don't have to bring in a whole raft of coaches or anything like that. You bring him in and he works like that. So I can see why Spurs would go for him. And when you said, look, when the chairmen are looking at things and they're looking at trebles and has Ange done a good job? I think Ange has done a brilliant job at Celtic. Is that going to be enough for 
some of the big clubs. No, it won't be. The problem with Spurs is Daniel Levy's their chairman and that's what worries me as well because that guy will bring in Andrew Go. Do you know what? If it doesn't work out in six months, I'll just get rid of him. Well, that, that's something that Andrew's got to think about. Yeah. Yeah. That brings me back to the point I made earlier on. Like, yeah, it's a massive roll of the dice. I mean, what are you chasing? I, I just think it's, I, I think it's a huge gamble for Andrew. Yeah, I really do. But the big gamble with that is as well is Daniel Levy is the best and worst thing because he could just get an Ange and get, think I'll get rid of him. But at the same time, he's the thing that will probably stop Ange going because he knows this guy doesn't do it he doesn't give a manager assurances doesn't give them time I could hang out here at Celtic and still be a very good manager for Celtic here's what I want from Ange I want Ange to sign a new two year deal at Celtic on big money uh, on the proviso that if he gets an offer next year we won't stand in his way I don't think that's too much to ask no. uh, I, I, and I think sometimes some fans I'm not saying you guys are doing this but I think some fans just think the, the Premier League is an irresistible tractor beam and there's nothing you can possibly offer a manager and in fact, you know, managers don't offer don't really owe Celtic that much anyway and I think we Ange is a guy with real integrity and I don't think waving some money at him and, and all this sort of stuff is going to drag him down. I think if he goes to Spurs, it will need to be a very good offer and the, the promise of a very good, you know, working environment and all that sort of stuff. But I, I just think, I've gamed it out in my head and I think there's work to be done at Celtic. I think the job's not finished. Yep. And I don't think Ange's sort of guy to walk out halfway through an unfinished job. And I think if Celtic were to make Ange an offer, two-year deal, increase money, we won't stand your way if things go. If another offer comes in next summer, I, I think that's I think that's everyone would be happy. When I say everyone, I mean me, Ange and Celtic. <laughs> <laughs> the Holy Trinity. <laughs> and on that bombshell, uh, we will wrap up. Thank you so much to everyone who supports us on Patreon, patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. The football season is over, but the podcasts aren't over. They keep coming. So check us out on patreon.com slash 20 Minute Tims. We will be at the cup final and we'll see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.